Hey, you, you promoters and everything, man, and you labels and stuff. I know it's it's slow, but it's slow for us too. It's a panoramic. We need our money. We need it now. I don't got that kind of time because it's a panoramic. Okay. The Sock Jig Sneaker Podcast doesn't know jack shit about cards or Pokemon. Episode 8 of the Sock Jig Sneaker Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Sock Jig. You can follow me on Twitter at Sock Jig and on Instagram as well. Um, in this episode, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of main topics. One, I wanted to go over the, the best of the 2020 sneaker tournament that I did on my Twitter. Um, and also wanted to talk about social media a little bit, the, the relentless need to succeed on social media, as I called it. I also go over uh, a couple of re- recent releases, the Bread 350 and the J Balvin. I recorded these like last Friday, I think. So those releases have already occurred. So you can hear my thoughts, uh, what I thought about the shoes uh, before the release. Also, Sneaker Guy of the Week returns this week. But first, what's on feet and recent pickups? All right, on feet for most of this week has been the Nike Zoom Vomero 5 a cold wall, the, the white one, the sale version. This is the shoe that has the, the big block at the back that, uh, you know, it's very polarizing. People either love it or hate it. And the other uh, aspect of this shoe is it had this special coating removed so that it would uh, yellow naturally uh, quicker because that coating prevents yellowing. So my shoes have yellowed a bit, you know, a little bit more than any other shoe that I got in uh, 2018 or so. Um, but, you know, they were kind of uh, before the trend of of uh, this whole yellow aging stuff that's going on. The other thing about this shoe is the the block gets pretty dirty when you drive. You can't really prevent that. And the other terrifying thing about this shoe is actually going downstairs or escalators. If that back block thing catches the escalator or something, you're like, I don't want to, you know, take a header all the way down. But, you know, these days I'm not really going down escalators that much and the stairs are really just my home stairs, but so, you know, just be careful wearing these. Um, they are super comfortable. That's what's uh, awesome about the Vomeros. I know a lot of people actually cut off the the big block at the back when it first came out. Uh, but then Nike actually released a version like a couple months later without the big block. So everyone who did cut off that block probably regretted it. These even showed up in the outlets like last year. Or so um, the price is pretty good on them in the smaller sizes. I think it's like 700 bucks or so. My size is probably like 300 or so, but in between, you know, four or 500, but they held up pretty good. It's a, it's a really solid shoe. I have the solarized version as well too. The, the one that only released on a cold wall and those are pretty rare. I haven't uh, busted those out yet. So I'm curious to actually open them up and see if they even yellowed in the box itself, but they're like a, you know, a Navy maroonish color. So it's probably hard to tell anyways, dope shoe. It's nice to wear a shoe from uh, a couple of years ago because, uh, you know, the tendency is to only wear what released this year or last year. So pickups list might be a bit long since the last time I recorded. I picked up the Nike Air More Uptempo OG, the, the Pippin ones they released on Footlocker.Canada here. Um, and, you know, a, a code worked on them. So I was able to get those for like 
$160 Canadian, which is pretty good. I got the Kobe 5 Bruce Lee, the black and yellow one. I got that on a, on a raffle from a site. I might not say where I got raffles from, mostly just because I don't want to dox myself because a lot of these pairs, they probably only have one size of these. I also got the, the Utility Black uh, 500s. I already had a pair of those that were dead stock that I had actually forgot about. And so if I had known, I probably would have sold them before I knew this uh, restock was happening. Um, but I got, I got another pair through the app raffle. I just went for my size because I assumed every, every reseller was going to go for, you know, size six or five and a half. Um, I got two pairs of the piece minus one. I want a raffle for one and I actually got the other one on sneakers through the, the scratcher thing, um, which is kind of a rare win for me because as I've mentioned before, uh, Nike has pretty much filtered out all of Canada. But I think if you do the scratcher, it doesn't go through the, the standard filtering, the Leo filtering. It goes through uh, first in, first out kind of mode. So so I was in fast enough. I went for, you know, my size. So uh, I'm assuming, you know, the demand is probably in the smaller sizes. So so that pair, I, I, one of the pairs, that, that first sneakers pair I sold right away. Uh, and the other one came in afterwards. The, the issues are all right. I think they'll probably go up over time. Uh, you know, a white EF1 is always uh, more wearable than, say, a black one. Um, the paint cracking thing is pretty cool. You know, uh, Mason Margella and others have done this kind of, in Converse, I think, has done this kind of thing. Um, it looks like, you know, a day-old cake that you left out. Uh, it's kind of like a oily, flaky leather thing on it. Whatever the coating is, that kind of flakes away. But I'll probably, I'll probably keep that one and just stash it and, uh, you know, either wear later or just sell later. I was also able to pick up the Sakai Vapor Waffle. I got the white one. I'm not a huge fan of this shoe. Uh, the, the back duck bill thing looks kind of uh, odd to me. The It's really wide, too. It's a way bigger shoe than you think. But if you're a shorter person, these will give you good, pretty good height. I, on Twitter, I called this a triple S tribute shoe. So I'm very curious of uh, everyone who loves this shoe. Did you hate the triple S? Because I don't see it being that much different than the triple S. But, you know, for the record, I do love the triple S. I probably would have loved this one more if it didn't have the, the back, uh, you know, Oregon duckbill thing. I also picked up the Fire Red 4s. I was talking to my buddy Brendan and he was saying, these are the type of sneakers that you kind of have to buy if you're a real sneakerhead. Like most of the the, the sneakerheads uh, in our age kind of group will buy these. Um, you know, I probably won't wear these ones, but I had a feeling that if I didn't buy it, I would regret it. Um, so I meant I, I wouldn't wear it right away. I'll probably wear it later. And even then, I'll probably wear it once or twice. But I'm always glad to have the Nike Air versions. Um, if it was a Jumpman one, I'd be like, ah, I could skip this. I'll be fine. I was also lucky enough to get the Cactus Plant Flea Market Dunk, the, the Swarovski crystal, whatever it is, the, the shiny stuff, um, in a size 12.5. Uh, you know, that was the day where no one knew um, when they were going to release, if it was going to be first come, first serve. Um, you know, the, the clothing kind of dropped first, and, and then it, you know, it, it was revealed that uh, it's a raffle. And so, you know, I just randomly, I was sitting on the couch and I got a, you've been selected email. So I don't have these in hand yet. I have to get them reshipped to me, but I'm kind of, uh, interested to see them. 
I don't think I can actually pull them off, but it's a it's a grail type shoe, I think, to at least hold. Um, I'm excited to kind of see them and, you know, a post a flex shot for the gram, I guess. Finally, I did pick up the Union 4 Off Noirs. Um, I only got the, the the Guava pair off the site, so these Off Noirs I, I paid resale for. Shout out to my buddy who helped me out on that. I was able to help me get them at a good price. And to the same to the buddy who helped me, um, you know, when they first were announced, we said, you know, they're they're nice, but I don't think I'd pay resale for them. And you know, here we are now in our top ten list, and we both paid resale for them. But you know, <laughs> the game is the game, I guess. The sneaker guy of the week is the leave room for profit guy. Uh, this is the guy who posts, you know, mostly on Facebook that he's buying out sneakers. He's got cash in hand. You know, he's paying out huge. He needs Yeezys and Jordans, but you know, he's not paying StockX prices. So you know, don't come, don't come with the StockX page, and uh, he's not paying StockX payout prices either because you know he needs room for profit. And so you know, everyone need, knows that you need a room for profit, but it's always that extra explicitly stating it out that leave room for profit in your post that always gets me. And you know, this person is almost never worth your time to message because they're just going to lowball you and they're just looking for people who are desperate for money who you know got bills to pay and i'm assuming this works because why else would these guys keep posting it you also have to have like kind of no shame to kind of do this kind of stuff so um, it doesn't work if you have dignity <laughs> so uh, the leave room for profit guy you are the sneaker guy of the week i wanted to talk about a couple of the upcoming releases First up, I want to talk about the Bread Yeezy coming out. You know, this one has been rumored to have a ton of stock out there. You know, obviously way more than the, the first time it came out. But of course, the demand is going to be just as high because this is a top three Yeezy, in my opinion. You know, probably the best 350. I like it more than Zebra, but, you know, other people might have it the other way around. Uh, Wave Runner is my favorite uh, otherwise. And, you know, the first time they came around, they were impossible to get. I got mine from the from Adidas US using as a locale jig. Uh, you know, shout out the locale jig. If your name is sock jig, you have a, a whole arsenal full of jigs, that is. Um, what's funny is I actually sold this used pair in mid-November because, you know, I had a heads up the stock was going to be big for this uh, bread re easy release. So I sold my used pair for 450 bucks on GOAT. I kind of feel bad for the guy who's probably getting them in hand right about now. Uh, knowing that resale price of a new pair is probably you know 450 or so but back to this release what always happens with this kind of shoe is people are taking it too casually when they hear the numbers are going to be way are going to be huge i think they think they'll just cop with ease they think they'll be it'll be sitting you know these won't sit it's a top three easy people have always wanted them and they were like i said they were impossible to get the first time so it's always harder than you think you know, be prepared. Uh, you know, I'm recording this on the Friday night before the drop, so I wouldn't be shocked if it's a nightmare like Mocha was, but I also wouldn't be shocked if it was, you know, kind of smooth and he, everyone was able to get one or two. Next up, I want to talk about the J Balvin uh, Jordan 1s. Uh, you know, this is a very polarizing shoe, too. Uh, you know, everyone with a Latin country flag in their bio wants it and, you know, needs it right now. 
Whereas, you know, guys named Corey or Trevor are like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, if you if you listen to uh, J Balvin or, you know, it's not Bad Bunny, that's a different person. But if you listen to J Balvin, uh, you know that his albums are called Colors and Vibes. So the shoe makes sense that way. And, you know, if if you're Colombian or whatever and your, your countryman has a shoe, you want to go out and support it. And you want to go out and buy it. If you liked albums called Colors and Vibes, then you will like the shoe called Colors and Vibes. But what I wanted to say is it's easy uh, to hate on a shoe just because, you know, it looks wild and out there. Um, but you can take the extra step to kind of figure out the story of what it's trying to tell. Especially when, you know, there might be cultural significance to the shoe. Uh, for example, if there was like a, a Chinese New Year's shoe that had, um, you know, that was red and had all kinds of references to Chinese New Year and stuff, and just saying that this sucks, why are they releasing this? When it's kind of obvious why they're releasing it, because it's there to honor, you know, the Chinese culture, Chinese buyers, Chinese fans, and the same kind of thing here. This kind, this J Balvin shoe is to honor J Balvin fans, and obviously he's going to bring his his background, his heritage to the shoe. Uh, and if that means his colors and vibes and it's loud and obnoxious, that might be not loud and obnoxious to, you know, anyone who speaks uh, Spanish, but is loud and obnoxious to someone in the Midwest or something. So, you know, I've joked that it, it looks like a kid's shoe if you put a dinosaur on it, but those, you know, those are just jokes. I Like I always say, about shoes that I don't like, I'm still glad they make them. I'm glad that Jay Belvin was able to get a shoe. I'm glad it looks weird uh, and it's out there. You know, it's got weird cuts on stuff on it. Uh, little features that you I've never really seen on Jordans before. So, you know, I'm glad that Nike and Jordan made the shoe. You know, early prices of these were like a thousand bucks and they did seem super limited. So, you know, in this uh, in this early period, it's always hard to tell how many they made. And a shoe like this, it's like it's it's so easy to make not very many, especially when it has, like I said, a weird uh, cuts and stuff like that. That'd be hard to produce. But right as of right now, prices crashed to about 600, 700, like even in the base sizes. So in terms of sneaker investing, you know, I don't know enough about J Balvin or the production numbers to make a call. So, you know, I usually if it's if it's a shoe that I'm not going to wear, I usually don't care as much at all. So uh, if I did enter a raffle and win this, I would probably just flip right away. But it, it is interesting to see what happens with the, the prices after the release, if if the small, you know, girl sizes will, or grade school sizes will pop or not. If, you know, some TikTok girl wears them, will it pop or not? Uh, you know, if, if Nicolo wears these, uh, will the price shoot up? I don't know. Let me just uh, turn on post notifications on her Twitter for research purposes. Another thing I want to talk about is the relentless need to succeed on social media. Consider this a Mr. Brightside-like segment. You know, there's a lot of uh, anxiety with social media. So in in particular, I'm talking about uh, Twitter and Instagram here. You're uh, often comparing and contrasting your success with peers. You know, on Instagram, there's this desire to look curated, that your, your feed has to look perfect and everything has to be... Um, you know, in order. And there's this desire, this, you know, this, everyone has this, this desire to seek validation. And, you know, the validation is engagement and interactions and getting your follower count up. You know, there's this desire to be right. There's, you know, uh, on Twitter, there's a desire to 
always be making the right calls that you you sold at the right time that you bought and held at the right time and and you know you're always making the right calls uh in this game and you know, no one is right there's always people who buy bricks and you can't be right about everything you know i said on a podcast a while back that the slayhees might be 700 bucks i was wrong and I don't care that I was wrong, and I, even I said back then that this is more about the process, and that's kind of what I care about, and that's kind of where the details are, and that's where the fun is. Obviously, this is different if that's your business, if you're a cook group making recommendations, then you do have to be careful, but even then, I've seen people straight up lie about this kind of stuff and flex it, you know, but you should really ask yourself, what's the end goal here? You know, am I a business promoting my business? Then go ahead. Or if you're an influencer or your goal is to be an influencer, you know, sincerely ask yourself why. Is is it uh, to seek validation from people you don't know? Um, or is it to get seeded stuff from, you know, the top brands? You know, one gets seeded stuff straight from the top brands. You're going to get a bunch of shit from Under Armour first if you're going to get anything and this type of thing, you know, I'm, I'm talking about Instagram in this case, but it, I've noticed the same thing is happening on Twitter and sneaker Twitter with, you know, botters having sponsorships from proxy companies and getting, you know, access to private pools. So, it, you know, if your goal is to get that kind of stuff, you have to show yourself to be, you know, a, a rock star at this. And the only way to do that is to kind of flex your checkouts, show Hit, hit your slots and stuff like that. Show that you are worthy of that. And and even that, it's like, do you really want to put yourself out there? Are you ready to be an online personality? Are you funnier than Burger Kicks? Because chances are you're not, because that man is a comedic genius. You know, a lot of this stuff is just exhausting. So, you know, on Instagram, you're, you know, you got to find the right tag. You got to, you know, tag the right mood board accounts. My question is, you just got to do some introspection and self-reflection about all this kind of stuff and ask yourself, why are you doing this? You know, as the meme goes, what do you gain from this? You know, I, I wish everyone could realize you can't be good at everything and you should be happy with what you are good at. I'm not sure if you can use me as a good example, but I don't really try that hard to, you know, gain followers or grow my audience but i do spend time on you know content that i would like to see that i think is interesting or useful um, that is a better use of my time than trying to game the system you know my suggestion is to focus on your core group of friends have a group chat with them uh, a friends and family version of a cook group even and just do all your posting there, get all your validation there, because those are the people that will actually care about you. I posted this once about, it was about brands and uh, even jobs, that you can love a brand or a job all you want, but a brand or job will not love you back. Only people can love you back. So that's why I say focus on the people that will actually care about you and not about the people you don't know. And if you want those people to care about you, spend some time getting to know them. So, you know, I'm not saying stop all this, stop, uh, you know, posting on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Uh, I might be asking you to stop flexing on Twitter, but um, 
what I'm really asking is to have some introspection and really ask yourself why, you know, like, like they say on reality shows, are you doing it for the right reasons? Um, and if you still want to continue doing it, go ahead. Finally, I wanted to recap the best sneakers of 2020, uh, 64 sneaker tournament that I did on my Twitter. Um, in case you missed it, this happened back in late November where I go through the task of seeding the, which I, what I think are the 64 best sneakers of the year in terms of seeding is, you know, I try not to go by what I think is my personal, really my personal favorites were, uh, double taps, uh, 992 and strange love. But I didn't think that would be, you know, the consensus number one. So it's kind of a mix of my bias opinion with what I think uh, the consensus would be. And uh, so I had the Jordan Off-White number one and, uh, you know, for example, the Off-Noir Union for the black one uh, as number two. I did put double taps at number three. So, I, you know, my bias uh, kicks in there. And like Travis Scott with four, Strange Love five, Joe Freshgood six. Dark Mocha 7, uh, Off Sale, Jordan 4 at 8, uh, Union Guava at 4 and 9, and the, the, J, the Jound Gray 992 at number 10, for example. And as I mentioned on my Twitter, you know, I went for competitive competitiveness over variety. Um, you know, I thought it would be better to get, as you know, most of the dunks that people liked into the bracket so that it's voted on. Versus, you know, getting variety in there, getting some random Reebok in there, getting, you know, a technical running shoe like the Alpha Fly Next Percent in there. You know, I purposely avoided all those because I just thought that they would get, you know, trounced in round one anyway. Whereas something like, you know, the the Lakers uh, Nike SB Dunk uh, has a better chance of uh, getting votes in, the, you know, in the 60th seed or something like that. So, of course, when, when I do that... Um, People get mad at me, um, and I always say uh, every year when I do this, the whole point of this bracket is so we have something to be doing uh, on over a couple days so we can arbitrarily get mad about something. Obviously, this doesn't really mean anything, and, you know, if some Reebok is your favorite shoe and I didn't count it, so be it. It's still your favorite shoe. Make your own top 10 at me. I'll tweet it. So the way seeding works is I rank them 1 to 64, um, and then, you know, number 1 plays 64, 2 plays 63, 3 plays 62, etc. on, and that's spread out through regions from, you know, uh, northwest, northeast, um, southwest, and southeast as well. So th there were a lot of uh, shoes on here that didn't make the cut, and that's usually what people get mad about. Uh, you know, I didn't put, for example, the 85 breads on there, or... Yeezy Carbon, no one is probably upset about that. Um, you know, some other notable ones that I didn't include was like the Royal Toe. I just didn't think it was good enough as uh, I thought Court Purple, for example, is better than Royal Toe. So I, I put that over there. The Space Hippies, some people were mad I didn't put that in there. I called that shoe, it looks like floss and, you know, dryer lint. So <laughs> I'm not a fan of that shoe. Um, yeah, you know, it looked good in photos, but not actually in hand. So I'm not going to go through every single matchup or anything. I just wanted to go over some the general stuff of what happened in each round. What what were some things from learnings that I learned from this? And, uh, you know, just kind of go over the some of the upsets or even just key learnings that I found. So in round one, some of, there were a few upsets. The Packer 992 loss to the Jordan 1 Midnight Navy. Uh, Packer was uh, ranked 24th and Midnight Navy Jordan was 41. 
So, you know, that was probably a case where I ranked the Midnight Navy a little bit too low. But still, Packer 992 is a nice enough shoe that it should have won, but kind of gives you a sense of what, what people think. Also, uh, number 20, Salehi Benbury, a New Balance loss to uh, 45, the Stussy Air Force One. The Stussy Air Force One was like one of the only shoes that I hadn't released yet, but it was pretty much confirmed that it was going to release in December, so... Um, and it looked nice enough that I uh, I put it in. Number 31, the Fragment 3, lost to number 34, Safari SB. Um, you know, Frag 3 is a... You know, that wasn't really that much of a shock. But it just kind of goes to show that how uh, Fragment 3 design didn't have enough to it to kind of hold up over time. Or, you know, its numbers were too high. Number 26, Flint 13, lost to number 39, Court Purple. This was a this was a case I think where I ranked the Flint 13 high, uh, just because I think it was a really nice retro. But of course, you know people love Jordan ones more than they do old any other Jordan retro these days. And then number 27, the Kith Air Force One lost to number 38, the Grateful Dead Yellow SB. That one was a little surprising because the Kith Air Force One was you know so hard to get. You know, no one really jumped out the window for the the Grateful Dead's when they released. But, you know, the, the Grateful Dead yellow one was actually more available and you were able to get it in hand than you were compared to the, the Kith Air Force one. A couple other ones, the uh, Cactus Plant had bad matchups throughout this one. The, the Swarovski Dunk one lost to number 12, Chicago SB. That's not a shock because, you know, the Chicago colorways is one of the most important ones there is. And you know, first time it's on an SB in a while. And then, you know, the CPFM White Air Force One also lost to 17 Dior, which is also not shocking because it was the Dior. But overall, some key learnings in this one was that New Balance really underperformed. Packer was out. Even uh, Double Taps and Joe Fresh Goods and even the, the Jowns um, won by only about 60% of the vote. Most of the other ones were, you know, 70, 80, just because the first round is usually uh, not super close matchups. Uh, the 550 basketball low, the ALD one lost to the Brazil dunk as well. In round two, some of the upsets were the, the Jowns lost to Off-White Sale. You know, I ranked the Off-White Sale at like number 23, just because it's so piss yellow. But, you know, it goes to show that people do like Off-White, of course. Um, Sakai Vapor Waffle, number 35, also, you know, beat out one of my favorites, the number three double taps. Uh, the Chunky Dunk beat out the Stussy Fossil Spiridon. Civilis beat out Dunk Plum. Uh, Grateful Dead, again, beat out Joe Fresh Goods. So, you know, Grateful Dead, Yellow One beat out first the Kith One and then Joe Fresh Goods. So the key learning here was like all the good New Balance ones were out. And what I learned from that is even though, you know, that... Everyone is saying New Balance is in. It's, you know, New Balance is so hard to get. There's still the the factor of getting it in people's hands. So if you don't make enough of them that not enough people get them in hand and like them, you know, it's just not going to beat a Jordan 1 in a popularity contest. Obviously, that's not New Balance's goal right now, you know, to beat a Jordan 1s or anything like that. But, you know, obviously, long term, that's what they want is more infiltration into this type of market so that they can sell more of their GRs into a wider market as well too. 
In round three, most of the off-whites were out. Uh, the Dior high beat out the number one ranked off-white five black. Um, I think Complex Sneakers also has uh, the off-white five metallic black as their uh, best sneaker of the year. Uh, the Dark Mocha beat out the off-white five sale. But the off-white four sale, the, the women's one, beat out the Union Guava. And it goes so that goes to show that even though you know the consensus might be that the off-white five metallic was one of the best sneakers of the year, the people voting consider the off-white four sale slightly better. So in round four, uh, the Western Conference had number seventeen Dior High versus uh, number eight off-white four sale, and the Dior won there. The other one was number four Travis SB versus number five Strange Love. Strange Love also one of my favorites, um, and Travis won. And I'm totally fine with that one as well, too. Travis SB, um, I've said uh, before, is a super important SB to release. Even if people don't like it, it you know, it was uh, produced in way higher numbers than is usual for SB up to this point and was still impossible to get. Uh, you know, that was back in February. It's It's been that long. It feels like years ago when it released. And in the East uh, Conference, number two off, off the Union Off Noir, beat out number seven the dark mocha uh, jordan one and the number 19 chunky dunk beat out the number 22 civilist sb so even there i had you know ranked chunky dunk as like number 19 just because i think it's a cool shoe you know obviously it resells for a ton and but i don't really think it's super wearable it's more like a collection piece but the people you know voted it up so even though i might have ranked it low it uh you know it made it into the final four so round five, the final four, it was the Dior High versus the Travis Dunk and the Union Off Nar versus the Chunky Dunk. So the Travis SB won and then the Union won, which leads to the championship of Travis SB versus Union Off Noir and Travis SB won. And even that, the Travis SB had like 67.7% of the vote. So overall, some, you know, key learnings or analysis, you know, people still love Jordan 1s, obviously. And even though, like I said, influencers and tastemakers might like New Balance, the people still like stuff like Off-White more, or even, you know, the Sakai stuff more. Because at least those shoes get to people, get in people's hands. For example, you know, the Packer one that I've talked about endlessly was only made like 350 pairs online. So it's not a shoe you see on foot very often because there's just so few of them out there. So having a shoe in hand with the, for the people and makes a big difference in how they think about the shoe and how they feel about the shoe. But like I said, you know, New Balance is doing this in the right approach. They're taking small steps. You can't really just take one a bunch of tiny steps and then take a giant step. You know, they're taking tiny steps and they took a bunch of them this year and made a lot of inroads. So, you know, overall, they're doing pretty good. But overall, my, you know, main key learning was it went really well in terms of every shoe got as far as they deserve. Um, you know, the Chunky Dunk got all the way to the final four. Foam Runner beat out a lot of other good shoes um, because people do like that shoe. You know, stuff like, you know, Strange Love beat out the SB Chicago, um, but lost to the Travis SB. And something that I ranked, like, for example, the the Vapor Waffle, I ranked at 35, like, right in the middle, kind of. But, obviously, the people liked it way more than I did. So, I wanted to thank everyone who voted. 
and you know shared and liked and stuff uh it really meant a lot to me it, it made the thing more engaging and fun um and you know makes me want to do it again well, we will do this kind of tournament thing for something else down the line again um and if you want to make your own bracket you can or even see the results of the bracket you can go to uh, sockjig.com it should be on the main page there um, and i did make a bracket generator I, I coded that thing so you can kind of play along and you know vote for who you think should win each round so that's it that's the podcast thanks for listening you know like and share and all that stuff see you next time